0: Do you wanna start with change or do you wanna start with communication? Any mm. opinion?
1: Hmm, this is an interesting one. I'm not sure how to communicate it to you. Oh uh, no? Okay, whatever. Uh <laughs> let me just change the subject. Okay, I'm done. Okay, let's start with change.
0: <laughs> let's start with change.
1: Oh my lord. You better keep this in. <laughs> I wouldn't cut it on you,
0: man. This is like, this is your go-to. This is the whole reason why you do the show, so you can make bad... They're not even puns, are they? Play on words, I guess?
1: I mean, technically, play on words and a pun are the same thing, but what else?
0: Well, a pun is a play on words. Not all plays on words are puns.
1: Right, but a pun is a play on words. Right. So a pun is always a play on words. I know, but there hey, are puns, other okay, kinds not, okay, of play okay, on we're, words. We're, we're getting, yeah, well, we'll stop. We'll stop there. One uh, of us is wrong. Yes, one of us is wrong. That is true. <laughs> um, <laughs> so change. Yeah, that was golden.
0: I love I it. I like simplicity and I like it to be very couples. clean.
1: All acted very The
0: matching couples. Oh my so lord, I hate the matching couples.
1: Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm attracted to normal looking.
0: Right, but that's not accurate. You have weird taste. Those are all things that most of us could really improve this on.
1: Gonna, it's going to vary wildly if anyone listens at all. That's what I call interesting. No real substance? That's
0: super interesting. Fascinating almost.
1: Welcome to While We're on the Subject, where we talk about what we talk about.
0: Now here's the show.
1: Alright, fingers crossed. I am ready when you are. Alright. Hey, Mike. Hey, John. How are you doing this week? I'm doing well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. How are you doing this week?
0: I'm tired. Mostly just tired. That's fair. I had to travel around a lot this week. I'm in Milan right now. I was in Liverpool a few days ago. So, I'm pretty exhausted, but I'm enjoying getting out of the cold, wet weather of Ireland. Although it rained in Liverpool and in Milan, so it's not much drier warmer is it is. yeah it's somewhat warmer down here i like i definitely walked around in the middle of the night not cold that much is nice at least yeah nothing yeah i did want to follow up a little bit on our last episode okay in our whole conversation about deciding on where to live and talking about cars and all of that uh-huh i think we probably alienated a lot of people i mean obviously people with cars probably wouldn't have taken kindly to the way we were talking but also we seemed to manage to talk trash on people in LA and in Chicago and in DC we, we didn't have a lot of glowing remarks about it right. anywhere about their terrible winters and their terrible cultures and
1: well I know but it wasn't necessarily negative it was just an observation and if they take offense to it maybe they should build tougher skin uh-huh.
0: right this is this is <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted to, well not really what I wanted to say because I don't think they need tougher skin like obviously there are millions of people in each of these cities we're not talking about everybody We're talking about some of the people and a proportion of the people.
1: I was very complimentary about the fact that they had any kind of culture at all. Yeah, that's true. You weren't just like, oh, they're all terrible people. Also, to be fair, just because you have a car, you can't necessarily take offense to the fact that other people don't like driving cars. I mean, if you do, there's something wrong with you.
0: Yeah, no, I I would agree. I just wanted to mention it because if people did take offense to that stuff, we have managed to insult half of the U.S. And it's an impressive feat in one episode.
1: Well, I mean, that can only be good for us insulting everyone hate listening is just as good as positive listening i mean if you're listening you're listening i'm not sure a lot of people tune in to shows like this because they hate the people (laughs) who record i have heard that a lot of people listen to joe rogan's podcast because they hate Joe Rogan and they just want to criticize him.
0: So now we're gonna just attack all the Joe Rogan fans and Joe Rogan and all that? That sounds like a great enemy to pick on.
1: I didn't say Joe Rogan fans, I said that there is a large number of people that hate Joe Rogan who listen to his podcast and watch all his comedy just so that they can attack him. Okay. But they still listen, that's all i was saying. Okay. I'm not attacking Joe Rogan, are you kidding? Joe Rogan's an animal, dude, he would rip me into treads. Yeah, no, Joe Rogan would kill you, kill either of us. Easily. Yeah, very yeah. easily. Wouldn't have to very try. Very easily. I've seen him do like sidekicks and he could break us in half. Yeah, just not interested in fighting that guy. That doesn't sound like fun at all. Yeah, no. Did I already mention that I have a new job? Yes.
0: Yes, you did. I don't remember saying exactly what industry or what what, what are you doing in this? Situation?
1: Oh, I work for a property management okay. group as a maintenance coordinator. So I'm in charge of making sure all the tenants and all the owners' properties are maintained. I don't do it personally, but I send out vendors and I talk with the supervisors who like rent Sometimes. out the properties and handle the properties and keep them in the loop and they okay. let me know what they need. And-
0: it does sound, well, I wouldn't go as far as to say it sounds interesting, but it's an interesting industry to be related to because I think being involved in property management and renting properties out for landlords, I think would be really nice and lucrative business. It's it's something that I've always been
1: kind of interested in. I haven't been there very long, but the impression that I get is yeah. that it is lucrative. It is lucrative for the supervisors who actually manage the properties and rent them and it is lucrative for the broker who runs the company. Yeah, no,
0: it's, it's a good call. I've gotten a few insights because I know a number of people that rent properties and the amount that a landlord pays to have their property managed is significant and once they get somebody in who's not like a crazy person, they don't have to do anything really. They just sit back and wait for a problem to happen and if they can manage to not have any problems, Happen, then it's just golden.
1: Yeah, but I have seen them deal with some questionable tenants already. I haven't been there very long, like I said, and already I've I've had the opportunity to listen to some pretty interesting conversations. Well, and I mean, this is this is why they get their money, right? Because you have to deal
0: with some crazy people. Yeah, yeah. some crazy people. Oh, I also wanted to mention. I think I might have mentioned this before, but just going through edits and making show notes and everything for our previous episodes. It really brings out uh, a knowledge of all of our tics and everything. Like, I I mentioned in some of the show notes earlier that the number of times that I say distinct in the first couple of shows is insane to me. Distinct. Distinct. Like, when we were talking (laughs) about China, all I seemed to say was distinct. Oh, that's a distinct culture. Oh, that's a distinct language. Just constantly just drilling on distinct and good lord has it made me self-conscious in in using some of these words or or i think i cut it out a lot but i was saying i would say repeatedly
1: you know in hindsight i think you do say i would say a lot
0: yeah more than a few times
1: yeah just an everyday conversation it's,
0: it's fascinating how these sorts of things make you i also say fascinating and interesting too much i would i, I think i was about to say i would say again <laughs>
1: You know, I think that's just you. When you're not sure how to describe something fascinating or interesting, it's pretty neutral. That's true. Because I think there's at times you don't want to say fascinating or interesting. You'd rather say, oh, that's stupid or ridiculous. And you go, you know, that's, that's not polite. And so you catch yourself. I'm
0: just too polite. I I always have to be complimentary, I guess. I'm not sure that's true, but.
1: I mean, I'm not saying that is true. I'm just saying that in this particular setting, we're trying to discuss things, not Not talk hammer stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could very easily change it to while we're on the subject. Trash talk hour. Yeah. This is stupid. (laughs) While we're on the subject. We should just call it This is Stupid. (laughs) Yeah. We should change our title to that. That'd be great. People like hearing people complaining. That's true. And if there's anything that you're good at or anything I'm good at, it's complaining. Yeah, you're a great whiner. You're really good at whining. Yeah, it's a skill I developed. It's a lot of practice. Yeah, 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 a lot of practice. Practice makes perfect. Yes, practice does make perfect. So change.
0: Yes, so I think the way people think about Mm -hmm. change... Is And uh, this is obviously always a theme about everything I talk about. But I, I don't think people think about change properly.
1: Apparently no one thinks about anything properly.
0: Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I mean, and obviously some people have interesting ideas on change. But generally people are very resistant to change. People like to have stability and consistency mm-hmm. in life and in society. But change is... At the same time, the primary way that we view the world. By which, I mean, all of our senses, the way our minds work, it's all based upon observations of change. So it's all based upon observations of how things are different from other things. When you feel that it's warm, it's not so much that you're feeling that it's warm, it's that you're feeling that it's warmer than it was. If you sit in hot water for a long time, the hot water no longer feels hot. Same with cold water. When you're talking about going into a room, something smells really bad, right? When you walk in 20 minutes later, you can't smell it at all, right? What we sense is change. And when you are talking about what we think about, the way our minds work, what we can view is change. If you look at something and it doesn't move or change at all, you don't even really notice it. But when somebody suddenly moves or something suddenly changes color or something like that, you see it immediately. And that's just how all of our senses work. And beyond that, I would say that change is kind of the fuel for all of human creation. Because when you're thinking about doing something creative, doing something inventive, or you have to make something new, one, if you're making something new, it's change to begin with. But two, the only Mm -hmm. way that you can, I think, develop a new idea or move in a new direction is if you had some change in your life or some influence in your life. If you have true stability and consistency, it's really hard to alter yourself and alter your thinking. And that's why so many developments and scientific advances are in interdisciplinary areas. That's why so many of the people that invent new things are people that have worked mm-hmm. or learned in multiple fields by viewing things in different ways and being exposed to different things. Right. Their minds are changed and they can move forward. And I don't think people think about Change in that way as something that is so innate and so very personal to everyone's lives. I think most people view change as this thing that's put upon them, that they're just that's sitting true. there, a normal person hanging out. And then suddenly things change. The world changes and politics change or technology changes and now you have to deal with it. Whereas That's it's true. really much more a part of us rather than this external force All that just is put I think is 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 people us.
1: have this idea that the things are true and truth is it's cemented.
0: Right, sure, it's constant, it's stable. And so the yeah. second
1: something is no longer true or the second you find out something was never true then it's confusing it's it's like you know abrasive and so when things are changing people are just like but that's that's not the truth i could see that
0: well and i would agree that i think people's view on change is too narrow the way they think about change the way they define change and i think people's view on like truth and facts are is too broad there are so many things that you're right that when something is suddenly no longer the case a lot of people kind of react
1: very negatively badly i guess right yeah
0: it's it's like they've been lied to their whole lives whereas it could have just been a change something
1: new happened i think it's weird that there's people who associate who they are with things they know so if something you know changes somehow affects Hmm. who you are okay Like, what do you mean? Could you give me an example? Hmm, let's see.
0: Like, you know, your ancestors are from Russia
1: or something. Sure, and And you're, like, Russian, and then you find out that that's not true, and your great-great-great-grandparents were Irish or something, you know? Sure, so your whole identity is thrown Right, or say you follow a leader who's pro, I don't know, death or anti (laughs) <laughs> pro-death yeah anti all the best ones charity or something and then you find out that they donate okay a large portion of their fortune to charity and you're just like what but no that's my whole life well that's There's hypocrisy a but that's what i'm saying like when something when something else changes that people are used to being true they somehow yeah. think it affects their identity
0: well you are right i think right. Uh, yeah. you, you definitely see yeah. that in politics and economics yeah. that when something they believed is true for a long time it's mm-hmm. kind of proven false or shown to be false A lot of people really struggle with accepting that because people do start to identify certain ideas with their own existence and their own personality. Yeah, and
1: so I think it's I think it's weird that somebody who believes something can be so easily, I don't know, affected yeah. by things changing because you got it, yeah, to be fluid, I think. That's yeah. what I kinda kind of like about the idea of science.
0: Well, and science is kind of, I guess not explicitly, but it is based upon the idea that we're pursuing change, right? Because we constantly right. want to be refining things, right. which is, I think, a valuable perspective yeah. because the pursuit of stagnation and stability is counterproductive in almost right. every way. I did just want to take one moment to apologize everybody if you hear traffic noise in the background or if you hear like people walking around or talking i am recording in a hostel today because i'm in milan and i don't have a decent recording space so i tried to find some place that's kind of quiet and off the beaten path but apologies if there's random sounds going through in the background if there aren't then that means i did a really good job editing and you're welcome
1: yeah and also i just want to take a second also to point out how he apologized to everyone but not to me he's selfish no, yeah. Well,
0: you don't get an apology,
1: Mike. That's not how this works. <laughs> well, I'm the one who has to deal with it. If you edit it out, everyone's okay. I'm not okay. I still had to listen to it, and maybe it annoyed me. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> back, back to the whole
0: change thing. Yeah, I think. I think, okay, I think right. You, you're right. That is one of the valuable things about science.
1: I just like that whole idea because you know I've had the idea repeated to me often. It's just that like nothing's true. It just hasn't been proven wrong yet. Right, but that's not accurate. I just like that. That's just something that I've heard. You know, like I've had science teachers tell me a lot of just. But there know, are I things know it's not that are true. True. Right. I just. Like that. Like, that's all. I you are alive. That is true. I mean, but it's not always going to be true. That's not what I said. I said there are things that are true. Just because. But obviously, people, I meant in the context of study. Right. Obviously, I didn't mean like things aren't true. <laughs> right. I know. That's what I'm just saying. I like. I understand yeah, the well, point you, of you making that statement, but that so, statement's not. Yeah, explicitly but you just always have to be so particular and point yeah. out the, the one way that it would be wrong. Look, if you're using language, you should use language accurately. I'm just saying you should also take context into account. If you're using language, take context into account, John.
0: Sure. <laughs> Like, I did take context into account. The quote is vague and inaccurate, but I understand the point. Like, I can take out the, the well, then, point.
1: Don't, don't come after me. Come after whoever came up with I'm it. I'm going after you. I'm not going after anybody.
0: Anyway, okay, let's, let's <laughs> get I back know, on we track. Keep, we keep getting up there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so in particular with change, I think people's general perspective on it is unhelpful. But I wanted to examine one particular kind of change today because it's something that I guess I've just been coming across a lot lately. Well, it's not that I've been coming across it. I've been coming across a lot of things that ignore it in my readings and in everything that I've been talking to people about. And that would be generational change, which to me, I don't know how you would define it in your own mind, but to me, it's the idea that there are certain things that people either do or believe that kind of make up the fabric of society They gradually change. But the only way that they change is if people die. So their children might be different, but they will always believe what they believe and they will always do what they do. And because I think there are certain things that people after their adolescence or young adulthood, when they like entrench themselves in certain ways, they just don't change or most people Mm. don't change in these respects. And there are a lot of implications of that fact with changes in society now and going forward that I think are potentially dangerous or, or risky, I guess I would say. Okay. I wanted to ask you, what things do you think are like that? Do you think there are actually things that people don't change their minds on? Because I got into a big argument with somebody recently about this, and they essentially took kind of the more rationalist view that people change their minds all the time. There's nothing that people will not change their minds about. You just have to convince them. You just have to open them up to the possibility that whatever
1: I, they I believe is incorrect. I think that's true. I think when you try to change somebody's like understanding of reality they're gonna get extra defensive they're gonna yeah. even dig deeper into what they believe because they don't want to be wrong if they're wrong then then their identity is affected like i was saying earlier like that's that's important to people knowing who they are and right when, absolutely and when you like push change on people they're just gonna collapse even deeper in, into what they think is true
0: right and and this is one of the things that i definitely think is the core of kind of my view on this whole generational change thing that people's world view Their their broad-based worldview, the things that they take as kind of gospel, these are the kinds of things that are so core to them that they've never even Mm -hmm. had to think about challenging them. Those things, I think you're right. They're so intrinsically integrated with the people's identities that challenging those ideas will just make people defensive. And it seems extraordinarily unlikely that people will shift or change with those things. Now, the counterexample that this person that I was arguing with brought up, and this is, I think, consistently the counterexample, because when you're talking about worldview, the things that you're talking about are religion, ethics, what's right and wrong, right. where they derive their identity, whether it's based upon ethnicity or
1: ideas or community or things I've like actually, that. I've actually, I've been reading the book off and on for a while now, but it's it's called The Righteous Mind, and it's a very interesting book. And it, sort of, it sort of talks about okay. why certain people, why they lean a certain way politically, and it's all based on the... Uh, Morality and how there's these like internal morality that all human beings kind of agree on intrinsically, and Mm -hmm. that certain political groups or what have you have these sort of like pillars that they that they meet for those intrinsic moral beliefs that we all have as individuals, and that why that's why certain people lean certain ways or vote for certain things, even if the choices that like the political groups make might be against their actual like interests as, like, a voter. Well, and when you're talking politically... Well, I mean, they were looking looking at morality and how that affects... Well, but this is what I was going to say. Like, when you're
0: talking about people doing things that are against their own interests, I think that's always a difficult thing to talk about reasonably, because obviously every citizen's interests are in having the country and government function well and do things that are beneficial to the country. And so if you are talking about electing someone that will... Like help you in some way specifically but then perhaps damage the country broadly, that's not necessarily in your long-term interests, you know what I mean? So the way people I think people, when you're talking about politics define interests too narrowly and I think that's one of the things that in the US in particular, liberals and the socialists in the US often don't quite grasp. They talk about people voting against their own interests because they're voting for lower taxes or something or a party that supports lower taxes when they don't make very much money but sometimes you do that because you think it will benefit the country, or you think it will help the country, or you think you'll have more moral leaders or something like that. And so even though financially it might hurt you in the coming years, you might believe that it's going to help the fabric of society much better. Do you know what I mean? But I think that's what you're talking about. That the, the perspective is the morals often override their economic implications. But, but what I wanted to say was, like, I think that's absolutely true. And you're right. I think that's much more universal than a lot of people appreciate. But the counterexample that people always bring up about this sort of thing when you're talking about people that change their worldview and their ethical, moral beliefs is gay marriage and homosexuality. Very rapidly, much more rapidly than would have been possible if you were talking about a generational timescale. People in the United States and in much of Europe have shifted their view on the rights of gay people and the rights to get married of gay people and things like that. And that's always, that that isn't, it's it's interesting that that is the one issue that people can really point to as a more rapid adjustment and a more rapid change in terms of people's mindsets. But what I would say is that I don't think that that, like, I think there is a distinction between that and other things that do function more on a generational timescale.
1: I don't remember where I heard this, and it could be total BS but something about how every generation has become less and less religious and that that could play a big role in something like that. Right. Being more accepting of gay marriage. Because if you're less religious, then what reason yeah. do you have to be against gay marriage if it doesn't affect you personally?
0: Right. Well, and I mean, I, I definitely think that that is an observable phenomenon mm-hmm. that people are, have been gradually less religious over the last 200 years. But the acceleration of people's acceptance of gay marriage has been dramatically more rapid right because this has been a gradual generational shift in terms of people's religious beliefs but 30 years ago 20 years ago people were against gay marriage well i mean overwhelmingly and now they're not but, and that's not because people were born and had different ideas over the last 20 years it's because
1: the whole populace has shifted their views in 20 years that's that's a whole generation of people who can vote now or 30 years that's like two generations of people that can vote now
0: but the, the numbers are much more drastic than that. Like you're talking about going from like eighty percent of people against it to eighty percent of people for it over the course of twenty years. Like eighty percent of people didn't die and get replaced
1: by right, younger but people. Then maybe over thirty years, you know, more openly gay people. And now maybe people who didn't work with someone that was openly gay found out that their coworker of thirty years was gay. Or they found out their friend, who they grew up with, was gay. Or they found out that person they never But the whole named, point is right. But those things th- th- that probably right, might but, but have an impact. But the whole on point
0: them. of but that's my that's the whole point that it does have an impact on them because it's not a generational change right. kind of issue, right? This is, this is what I'm saying, and and I think the the important distinction when you're talking about something like gay marriage is that gay marriage is the kind of thing that yeah people kind of were against for religious reasons, but I think it's the kind of thing that generally people just didn't think about. And I don't think that like 50 years ago people thought about oh, should gays be able to get married? People, a generation ago accepted that people should be able to do kind of sexually, whatever they wanted. I think that was probably in the 70s, 80s, that people really accepted that people want to go right, have whole- free sex from like the 60s and go to orgies and things that's that has to be legal and if people want to be gay that has to be legal you know whatever people want to do that has to be legal but they didn't get to the marriage thing and i think the marriage thing was a smaller shift because once people already accepted that people should be able to be gay then it wasn't a big shift for people to be like yes yeah, sure they should be able to marry like that's why i think that change was so much more rapid but then than that other i mean
1: things and we have to acknowledge that it was a generational change about being able to do what you want, right? Yes, but
0: that that's, that's not yeah. the thing that people are pointing to. Do you know what I mean? But like people are pointing like, to the acceptance of gay marriage. People are not pointing right, to I the mean, acceptance of gay people's mean, existence.
1: Are like, oh yeah, that's cool they have the right to do whatever they want then they can't be like well they have the right to do whatever they want except marry like like I just mean like well people were like that 20 years ago right but what I mean is like once the change has been set it'll happen gradually right. if it was something that people started acknowledging in the 70s 40 years ago or in the 60s 50 years ago then it's and it's like that, that's, that's a lot of time for it to really sink in for but it's
0: still like when you look back in two thousand five or two thousand
1: seven, two thousand eight,
0: considerable majority of the population of the U.S. was against gay marriage, right? Even though people for decades had accepted that like gays had to exist and be allowed to do whatever they wanted with That's each other. You know? I mean, and it's so, um, great. And that change has been. in a a decade you know what i mean like it was 2008 that california one of the most liberal states voted to ban gay
1: marriage right i think a lot of a lot of people voted without being sure which one was the right one sure there might have been
0: confusion but I don't think most people were
1: confused well, about. I don't that. know, right? But I just, you know, I, I knew more people than I'm like willing to admit that were like, oh yeah, I voted yes because I want gay people to get married, and it's like you're supposed to vote no, and they are like, sure, oh, and I that's, that's a different know.
0: discussion. Uh, like obviously, at the time, there was a lot of argument about whether or not it was confusing they put together. But <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, I just, the, like opinion polls are not unclear about the direction this has gone. It, it, like it's it's been a huge swing of public opinion. In the last decade and you know that's that's noticeable i think but i don't think that that applies to a lot of other things
1: i think once the supreme court was like yeah gay marriage is legal now deal with it people were just like okay, get but you don't now. see that
0: in other issues you don't see that in abortion you don't see that in religion generally you don't see that in gun rights That's true. and i think that's because with things like abortion with things like gun rights people have Internalized them and integrated them with their identities much more.
1: That one's true. I think I would agree with you there. Or I mean, because who identifies with being like anti? gay marriage that's like a right And this is this man. is my whole
0: point at most right. it's something you're against but being against something is not generally your world view it's not generally your identity like a lot of people during yeah. the cold war were against communism and against the soviet union but being against the soviet union was not their identity being american was their identity right that was that was the whole point um are right, against right. that yeah. as opposed to being this rocky four <laughs> <that. laughs> right exactly um can help. But once you get to the point where you accept that generational change is the kind of thing that exists and where you really have to wait for people to die off in order, not necessarily to get new ideas, but to get acceptance of new ideas, you, you start right. to run into some other issues because a lot of the things that I've been reading about that have been making me think about this recently are talking about the gradual extension of people's lifespans and reductions in birth rates, right? So so you're talking about, let's say since the 1980s or so, we've been having pretty rapid demographic changes in the world. And it's most acute in places like Taiwan, Japan, and China. Yeah where essentially people just don't have kids and the population is rapidly aging and the workforce is shrinking pretty quickly and mm-hmm. in japan in particular right the total population is shrinking
1: already right. i thought that was pretty a neat thing that right something it is, it like is. that can happen well
0: and it's not just that something like that can happen it's something that like that is a spreading phenomenon in japan the population is already declining but the population will decline in china within the next like five years i think it will decline in iran very shortly it's already in decline in parts of europe if you subtract immigration in china wasn't it like a mandate it was but the mandate has gone
1: away and well that i know but like once you know something's been
0: right well there were some regions that before the mandate were already shrinking especially up in the northeast but generally even after the mandate went away birth rates still are in decline and so i'm, I'm just saying what what. What you end up having if you have people living for longer and having fewer children, and also the fact that people are having children later, the more things that only come in the form of generational change, the less change there will be, the less progress there will be in things like this, because you have fewer new people and they're born at longer intervals. Mm -hmm. And and I've read a number of things that are talking about really extending people's age by a huge proportion. So extending Mm -hmm. people's average age from 80 to like 200, right? And this whole movement that I first heard about like three years ago about trying to attack aging as a disease, which I think makes a lot of sense because if you look at it as Mm -hmm. a degenerative disease, fighting aging would obviously benefit people's health much more than attacking any narrow particular disease. And so I think that that's that's a valuable way to to look at aging if you want to attack it. But I think there are risks that come with that, where if you really did extend people's average lifespan to 200 years, it's a very real possibility that people just stop having kids. If you end up with a really small proportion of the population that's in their 20s and 30s, like you're talking about 5 to 10 percent of the population that's in their 20s and 30s. If those people stop stop having kids, they're, they're, I think there's a very real potential, and obviously this is a long ways off. Right. There's a very real potential that that you start to almost mortgage the long term future of civilization and society uh-huh. by trying to help extend people's lives and help the elderly too much. Do you know what I mean?
1: Right. Then we're getting into like a weird science fiction dystopia deal.
0: Well, but I think I think you already see aspects of it. Like you already see that the elderly Kind of rule the world, right? Right. Like no, it yeah. used to be There's, that people yeah. in their 30s or 40s were really the movers and shakers controlling things. Now it's people in their 70s. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, if you look at
1: that it's that true. There's people that are like retiring less, staying at jobs longer. If and, you look
0: at CEOs, like the biggest, richest, most powerful people are like mm-hmm. Warren Buffett, who's in his 80s. When you look at presidential candidates, you're yeah, talking about like, they were all in their 70s. When you're mm-hmm. looking at the UK. The leader of the Labour Party is in his 70s, I think. Theresa May's not as old, but the president of Ireland, he's in his 80s, I think. And if you look at democracy generally, the people most likely to vote in democracies are the elderly. The people least likely to vote are the young people. Well, if you get to the point where not only are the elderly more likely to vote, but there are more of them, and the elderly, because of the structures that we've created in society, don't generally work, but they essentially live off the production of mm-hmm. the young. What you end up having is this large class of almost, it's, it's almost like going back to the 1600s, si- 1500s, where you have this large right. working class that is supporting this oh, aristocratic wow. class this group of people that just sit there and they don't work and they are supported by other people and i'm not saying that like we shouldn't support the elderly or anything like
1: that just that we shouldn't
0: well i think it's worth thinking about the way things are structured and how that affects
1: the power dynamics of
0: society and how that affects the trajectory of society
1: yeah i guess i mean because if you have someone who's in their 30s getting into a position that they don't leave until they're like 80. Or you have a lot of people like that. Then there's a lot Mm -hmm. of stagnation. I can see how that would
0: halt. The incentives of somebody who's 80 are very different from the incentives of somebody who's 30. As of now people die in their 80s, right? So right now what you have is this large grouping of power with people who are going to die in the relatively near future. So they just want things now. They just want social security now. They just want their medical benefits covered now. They want immediate things. And yeah, some of them might be far-sighted and be thinking about their grandchildren, but generally people are going to be thinking about themselves more than they're going to be thinking about other people just because their experience is much more right. than they know, right? Whereas if you're 30, you're thinking about, well, I've got to live for the next 50 years. Oh, you're, think- you're thinking about all of the things that you want to do. You're thinking about... a a huge number of other things you're much closer to thinking about how it was when you were in school how it was as a child and so all of the things that you care about the things that you're interested in the things that are close and familiar to you are different than if you're 80 and so when you have this huge group of people that are now older and growing you you have this concentration of power with them and they don't think about some things that are really important for the long-term growth and benefit of the society. Right. And and that's one of the reasons why I think older people tend to be more conservative, because conservative people tend to be more concerned with, I guess, what is going to affect them right. kind of immediately, I would say. like, I, I think the conservative mindset is more prone to dealing with things immediately. Mm-hmm. And I think liberals often are more concerned with long-term ramifications right right and, and that's not necessarily always true like i think a lot of people that are libertarian thinkers are very concerned with improving long-term economic prospects by deregulating and allowing for consistent growth throughout all of that but you definitely see that people on the left are more concerned with building things for the future right. investing in infrastructure things like that and that makes sense why younger people are tend to be further left and younger people tend to be more concerned with building mm-hmm. schools and mm-hmm. investing in things like that because that's what that younger makes sense. people are gonna care about. When you're eighty you don't care very much about school. That's true.
1: But I mean but even when you're like middle aged, when you're like forties, fifties, you're not thinking about what you want for your kids if you have kids.
0: If you're forty years old and you have children, your the children are a very immediate part of your life and you care about the children, so what affects the children is big on your in your thinking. If you're seventy You probably don't live with your grandchildren. You probably don't live with your children. The things that affect younger people don't really affect you. You don't really think about them because they're just not in your life. You haven't dealt with elementary schools in 40 years. So obviously you don't think about anything to do with elementary schools. It's
1: funny. And, um... I read this a really long time ago but it was talking about how political view, views do change as as right. you as you age. So when you're younger, yeah. you tend to be more liberal and as you get older and become mm. like middle-aged you be, tend to be more conservative, but there's like another point where you get to like retirement age. Yeah. And you start becoming more liberal again because then you start depending on the government, you know, sure. like social security and stuff like that. And I could see that. Yeah. It was yeah, it was pretty interesting i I can't remember where i read it but i thought it was pretty neat and so i think it's weird that if there are people who are in certain positions who are older who know that maybe they won't be able to work like they used to and they're going to have to retire and they're going to have to rely on things that they would still be so short-sighted when you know they they knew they were going to be at this point like they were reaching that point you know 10 years ago 15 years ago i
0: mean i think it's natural people are more concerned with things that are immediate that's just that's just the natural way of human nature okay so just just to be clear i have to go probably in about five minutes so okay i don't think we're probably going to get to talking about communication at all
1: maybe this could be like our speed episode fast go yeah Short. yeah we'll
0: just we'll just do the main Minnesota. topic. oh i did want to I, I, yeah. I wanted to ask you about something else it's not so much to do with change but it's to do with what I was just talking about in terms of age extension. Uh Uh-huh. What is your thinking in terms of if you were to be able to live for a very long time? Let's say the technology became available, that people were able to live for between 500 and 1,000 years. Okay, okay. How do you think society should implement
1: that, or how would you want to use that? How would I want to use it? Yeah. I think if you're going to have people... And if it's, if it were selective, it wasn't just like something that was readily available to every human being. Well, that's what you're deciding, right? Right. Well, I mean, first, I don't, I don't know if you would want to make that readily available to every human being. I think there's some people that wouldn't want it. Okay. And so, I wouldn't want to enforce it or even normalize well, somebody, it to the point where people. If somebody doesn't want it, right? But I you wouldn't force it on them. Right. But but if you normalize it, people will feel. Pressured into doing it, well, like you know, I don't want to be the person who dies. Like, I you know, <laughs>
0: I like how people want to avoid death because of social pressure. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but what I mean, is not not that, it's just, well, you know, like, my friends and family, they're going to live for hundreds of years, and, you know, they're going to miss me, and why would I, like, put that on? Sure, you're letting everyone down. Right, and maybe after 250 years, you're tired of life. Maybe you don't want to learn anything Mm. new or see anything change. Maybe you're just like, oh, you know, it's like, that one would be hard to do. You have to be very thoughtful of the process, and you also have to be thoughtful of the people that you're giving that opportunity to. Do you want someone... Mm like the robber barons do you want those guys to well, be living for a thousand years you think that they would change in any meaningful way or do you think they would just keep trying to find ways to i like how you choose the robber barons expand their wealth and i know that's like a
0: we weird... aren't exactly one mind on them
1: yeah i know and i know they did some really innovative things but they also did some really, really sure selfish things and, and and so it becomes uh, uh, right but at what point will they stop well, that's hard to say yeah right and that's just a, it, an example like i'm not saying oh yeah they would it would definitely be a bad idea but it's like those are the kind of people that would have the resources and definitely you know the power to well, give and that I would to look themselves it on, if they thought i mean are you pit. right you're right those, those would be the people who would have the power to get access to this if it was a limited supply right Right. and so it's just it's like it would be weird so if someone were like hey michael magical genie person coming down with the technology to give people life for at least a thousand years what do you want to do with it that's tough because it's like well i mean but
0: it's really difficult from the perspective that we currently work with because it's generally currently believed at least in Europe, and more and more so in the US, that people have a right to medical care. And so if you have the technology to keep Mm -hmm. people alive and keep people healthy long term, it would be a really difficult thing to say, it would be a really big change to society, at least to say that people don't have a right to it. And obviously, you would reach some sort of constraint where if like 90% of the economy was taken up in using this life extending treatment you couldn't have that because that would just destroy society because of the focus on that
1: but even if it were inexpensive just living that long it could jade people it could make them not want to have kids i mean we could be stuck in a place where you know the population stagnates it doesn't grow but it doesn't shrink either because people aren't dying but people also aren't having kids
0: that is a serious issue that you run into the potential uh that you don't have any young people at a certain point. And if you don't have any young people, then you don't have any people who are necessarily fertile and can necessarily have children anymore. And at that point, you really endanger the species because you get to the point where people just can't have children. And I don't want to make a bad analogy, but it it, it reminds me slightly of the idea of uh, Krypton in Superman to where they don't have any naturally born children. And they don't particularly explain why they don't have naturally born children, that they grow, grow them all in test tubes for specific jobs and things like that. But you get to the point where I could easily see where just even the, the constructs of family and things like that completely break down. Right. And
1: That is some brave new world type Yeah, stuff. very
0: much so. And so you get to the point where when you do have people living for 500 years, it becomes almost untenable to still maintain any semblance of what is currently the family structure or anything like that so it's possible that you would find solutions to solve that but that that is a significant challenge that i think would be hard to overcome
1: and i think morality would change a lot too if you were to do something like that how so because life's pretty short it's like you know you shouldn't do these things like hmm. you know it's but then if you know you're gonna live for like 500 or 600 years and maybe you get bored after 200 years maybe you're like why, why can't i do the bad things what's wrong with murder i mean people <laughs> live forever anyway. well and
0: it, it's definitely maybe they don't deserve it's that it's definitely true that uh, the cost benefit calculus changes a lot when you have the potential to live infinitely or you have the potential to live another 500 years right. you are like, much less likely to take a risk you're much less likely to accept john something damaging you yeah
1: i feel very strongly that we could have like an entire episode just based on that question alone yeah
0: that's true we, we should follow we should follow that up more in depth and at length
1: yeah I think we should
0: definitely get into weird hypotheticals every now and again, too. Yeah, yeah, I like weird hypotheticals. Well, and that's that's the whole point. It's it's thought experiments and, and exploring ideas that we want to
1: explore. That's true. Yeah. So you know, ladies and gentlemen, you can expect us to get weird, <laughs> not too weird. Uh, yeah. But but we out there a little bit maybe, but yeah. John will keep me
0: reindeer. Yeah, you know, I've I've gotta I've gotta keep us having some semblance of reasonableness. But I have to go catch a flight. Because I am leaving Milan this morning, so I'm gonna have to wrap this up, Mike. Anything else you wanted to say before right. we go?
1: Um, I would not give anyone the opportunity to live for a thousand years. Okay, except that's, maybe myself. That's pretty strong. I'm curious about what the world looks like in a thousand years maybe like a scientist
0: Hmm. yeah i think the danger of entrenching an immortal aristocracy is significant that you have a group of rich people that live forever and they just kind of rule over the tv masses who are dying all the time right like i think that is dangerous and it does you're right it changes society fundamentally and so yeah i think it's definitely something you have to examine
1: i think even rich people might do the opposite and keep their lives limited and just force poor people into like a long life almost create like a slave raise you know nearly immortal people i'm not
0: sure that makes any sense but let's let's examine this again because i gotta okay, go. okay, okay, yeah, we'll right. talk about this another time yeah, have, a good okay, man, have a good one i'll talk to you next week okay,
1: okay, okay. all right bye all right bye
0: Sorry, one sec, like, What? Well, I couldn't sit in the kitchen, so I just, just, just I needed a desk. No, because if we arrive the manager here, is disaster. Nobody wants oh. to stay in the reception. Okay. And uh, we eat to start going
1: to kitchen.
0: It's locked. I open. Up. Okay.
1: He's getting booted. It's like a hundred and seventy year old lady. See, this is why we shouldn't live for so long. Sorry. The lady that works here just came in, and
0: she wants me to move. I can't hear you because my headphones are so if you're talking So now he can't hear how I'm judging you.
1: Okay. That lady sounds like she's like hundred and fifty years old. <laughs> <laughs> Why is her hair not grey? Oh uh, uh, I forgot
0: that you could still see. <laughs> this is not excuse me to stay to stay in the reception. This is chair. this is table. This is a desk though.
1: Like a desk. This is higher. for the people working in the reception. What? This is not your space. the customer to stay here. Italians. Can't live with them. Can't start World War Three and make them throw in the towel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Yeah.